have an experience of a lifetime, and I mean it, a lifetime this year. Dennis Prager here, and a timely and important expedition to the land of Israel awaits you. Make plans now for the Stand with Israel tour happening this fall. Join me on a nine-day trip to Israel that offers you firsthand insight into Israel's unique past and probably unique future. We'll introduce you to the geopolitical, economic, and security dynamics of a truly remarkable nation. Get a behind-the-scenes view into many of the places you've read and heard about all during United Jerusalem's 50th anniversary. The Western Wall, Jerusalem, the Dead Sea, Golan Heights, and much more. With expert guides and important lectures at key sites, all in the comfort and safety of first-class accommodations. Look forward to something special this year. Stand with Israel. For details about this all-inclusive trip happening this fall, visit 660amtheanswer.com for all the details. Hey, if you need to sell your home without all the headaches most people experience, hey, Sean Hannity here to tell you that after years of buying, selling, investing millions of dollars in real estate, that all real estate agents do not operate the same way. Now, what makes the difference between a home selling fast and for top dollar and one that sits on the market for months and doesn't even sell at all? Well, you have a great American right in your backyard that I trust if I needed to sell my home. I'm talking about Josh DeShong of Josh DeShong Real Estate at Keller Williams. Now, he services the entire Dallas area, attracts hundreds of buyers every week. He sells a home on average every 20 hours. Now, Josh spends thousands of dollars every month and creates demand for your home, which makes it sell faster and for more money. Now, you risk nothing since at any point, if you're not happy, well, you can get out of the contract free and clear and pay nothing. But trust me, that's not going to happen. Don't play games with your home. Call Josh now at 972-325-6644. That's 972-325-6644 or online, getsold.net. That's getsold.net. And you can start packing. We hadn't talked. We didn't want to touch. I mean, we didn't feel close in years. But Marriage Fitness turned our marriage around. Thank you so much, Mort. Counseling was just a weekly blame fest. It drained us emotionally and financially. Marriage fitness is totally different. This program actually works. Hello, I'm Mort Fertel, creator of Marriage Fitness, the revolutionary clinically proven program that will save your marriage. This is not marriage counseling. You won't have to dig into your past or dredge up your problems. Instead, you'll use a step-by-step system of positive relationship habits that will transform your marriage. My husband wanted out and wouldn't go for help. I started Marriage Fitness alone. Now he wants back in, and we're doing the program together. Mort, you're the best. Start with Mort's free report, Seven Secrets to Fixing Your Marriage, at twomarriagefitness.com. You'll also get five free marriage assessments. There are no strings attached. Get the free Fix Your Marriage Report and the free assessments at 2MarriageFitness.com. The number 2MarriageFitness.com. Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of BestHotGrill.com. We make the Solaire Infrared Grills, those amazing gas grills that heat up to over 1,000 degrees in just three minutes to provide professional chef quality performance in your own backyard. Now, you won't find them in the big box stores. Solaire is sold only by the finest specialty retailers who recognize Solaire as the only real hot, fast grill. If you live in an area without a Solaire dealer, Solaire has the demo program where you can try a mini version of a full-size grill in your own backyard, grilling the foods you love. It's made with the same design, materials, components, and performance of the big Solaires, but in a size Solaire can easily ship to you. Try before you buy so you'll know firsthand why Solaire is the last grill you'll ever purchase. Learn more about the demo program and these fantastic USA-made grills at BestHotGrill.com. That's BestHotGrill.com, BestHotGrill.com. 
This is a life-changing message. Please visit BlackHunger.com. Admitting you need help is never easy, especially for those who have proudly served their country. So if you're a veteran battling weight gain or obesity, the natural response is just keep pushing forward because that's what you do. It's what you've always done. But now, veterans who can't win the fight with diet and exercise alone have new hope. V-Block therapy can help. V-Block is an FDA-approved pacemaker-like device that is implanted just under the skin during a safe outpatient procedure that does not alter your anatomy. The device helps you feel full and control your appetite, so you eat less and lose weight. You've done your duty. Now, change your life. Call 877-256-1744 or visit blockhunger.com. That's 877-256-1744 or blockhunger.com. This device is for weight loss in adults with a BMI of 35 to 45 with a related health condition. This therapy is a surgical solution and carries some risk. Please talk to your doctor about the full benefits and risks. Learn a little something at the start of your day. The Mark Davis Show. Mornings 7 to 10 on 660 AM. The Answer. for our second hour round table on America Can We Talk with Debbie Georgiatis. More talking truth about America. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. You know, we were talking before the break about Attorney General Jeff Sessions having made an announcement that basically it's a new era in immigration. And I just want to hit two points. This is a short segment. Two points about that. One is what it is President uh, Trump is apparently wanting to have happen, what Attorney General Jeff Sessions is uh, talking about. And he's talking about things like um, he's calling for federal attorneys to consider prosecution of anyone who harbors undocumented immigrants and actually prosecute the people hiding them uh, with a priority to violent cases or those that involve transporting or shielding undocumented immigrants. Um, He also talked about pursuing felony charges where applicable for immigrants who try to enter the U.S. illegally over and over and over, actually charging with that crime. He also talked about prosecutors considering charges for identity fraud and for document theft, because a lot of what occurs with respect to undocumented aliens is that they have to have some ID to get whatever it is they're trying to get, uh, social services, benefits. um, And so actual prosecution for identity fraud. He's getting at the various methods that are that the federal government has available to it to stop the flow of illegal immigrants to try to stem it. He's also talking about um, making protection, prosecution of assault on a federal law enforcement officer a top priority. And so I mentioned Heather McDonald before the break. So she spoke at an event I was at, and part of her argument there was in the same way that police being an active presence in low-income areas and high-crime areas is actually the nicer thing to do, the better thing to do, the more protective thing to do for low-income minority American citizens because the police presence stops 
more crime from occurring. It prevents crime. It, it puts people who intend to commit criminal actions, makes them think twice before they do it. So a strong police presence actually makes life safer for low-income Americans. And the same way with respect to immigration. She makes the point that, that immigration just completely, we've pretty much just opened our southern borders. We've had very little immigration enforcement. She uses California as an example, but she talks about the impact on the communities of the schools in California that end up having to pay, you know, very high taxes, or the state actually uh, is redistributing wealth and, and putting the, the dollars into these areas. This, the, it ends up costing the quality of education for American citizens, the resources available to the schools, the quality of, the, of education kids can get when the schools have to deal with. And she also has, as she has in the crime arena, she has also in the immigration arena lots and lots of data about what the actual costs are. And I want to make one point. We have a clip I'm going to play by her. One other point I want to make, which is this. It is wrong and false to make the argument that it's either law and order or else being compassionate for immigrants or criminals. It is not law and order versus compassion. It is law and order is the compassionate choice. With respect to police presence, with respect to immigration laws, law and order creates a safer arena, a safer community, a safer country. It is not law and order versus compassion. Law and order is the compassionate choice for Americans. Actually, I don't know if I have time in this segment to play that. I do. Okay. So Heather uh, spoke and uh, interviewed her after this thing, and she talked about this issue in California. Mass low-skilled immigration is importing poverty, and it is importing a new underclass culture. The children of low-skilled, often Hispanic immigrants, some of them are succeeding, some of them are going to college or becoming uh, journeymen, electrical, electricians, this is all good, but a significant portion is getting sucked into underclass culture. Taxpayers are paying for school failure, for kids dropping out. Hispanics have the highest dropout rate in the country, they have the highest teen pregnancy rate. Uh, we're paying for criminal justice costs. The incarceration rate of Mexican-Americans goes up eightfold from the first to the second generation. Californians are very familiar with Hispanic gangs. Recently, uh, a police uh, officer in Whittier, California, which is a suburb of Los Angeles, was shot dead by a Hispanic gangbanger who'd been out on the streets repeatedly despite a long criminal record. So there are costs to an open border situation that does not carefully select immigrants based on their social capital and skills level. Okay, that again was Heather McDonald, and she really, she's just a, uh, I'm so grateful to have met her, so grateful to have the opportunity to interview her, and I really encourage you to read the things she's writing about this, and to think about these arguments, because the American left always tries to make the case, we're the compassionate ones, therefore, we want a porous border, we let anybody in, we think society should pay for all the costs of everyone who's entered this country illegally, no one should get to complain about the fact that the California schools, especially the public schools and the big cities are overrun with illegal immigrants whose uh, the contribution of the cost of educating them, the cost of teaching them English, the cost of having their, um, their the crime that often comes with that community, that's all being borne by American taxpayers. 
There's nothing compassionate about the American less view. I will tell you that very quickly in the statistics, it is already showing the effect, the proof of what Heather McDonald said, because as President Trump has become president and we've had a more secure border policy, we have fewer people crossing. We have fewer people entering a safer America. When we come back. We'll talk a little bit more about that and then talk about Justice Gorsuch. Could you lose your career because of your faith? Could your pastor be sued because of his sermons? Can students and teachers be punished because of what they believe about God? Can the government or even your employer force you to violate your beliefs? Get the answers and, if necessary, legal protection from First Liberty Institute. First Liberty is the nation's largest legal organization dedicated exclusively to restoring religious freedom in America. In fact, First Liberty's nationwide network of top attorneys win over 90% of their cases. They've won at the Supreme Court all the way down to local schools. Visit firstliberty.org to learn more about how First Liberty is protecting religious freedom for all Americans in the workplace, public schools, your church, the military, and more. That's firstliberty.org. If you want hope for religious freedom and a free listing of your rights, go to firstliberty.org now. Attention Ronald Reagan fans. What is the one item most sought after by Americans who love the Gipper? It's Young America's Foundation's Reagan Ranch Calendar. Young America's Foundation is the leading youth outreach organization dedicated to ensuring that increasing numbers of young Americans understand and are inspired by the ideas of individual freedom, a strong national defense, free enterprise, and traditional values. New audiences of young people across the country are introduced to conservative ideas through Young America's Foundation's programs, including the Reagan Ranch Program. The Reagan Ranch calendar contains spectacular images of the Gipper enjoying his beautiful 688-acre ranch, the Western White House. For a limited time, the calendar is free. Even shipping is free. To receive your beautiful Reagan Ranch calendar from Young America's Foundation, call 800-USA-1776 and mention the phrase Reagan Gift. Again, the number is 1-800-USA-1776 and Reagan Gift is the code. Learn more about Young America's Foundation at www.yaf.org. That's yaf.org. Hugh Hewitt is fed up with the mainstream media and Trump. I was a reluctant Trump voter. I am happy to tell you when I think he does something bad. But listen to my friends in the mainstream media. When he gets results, don't deny them. Don't be Trump deniers. Trump achievement deniers are out there. And he's actually kicking NATO's butt to get in the game. The Hugh Hewitt Show, weekday mornings at 5, right before Mark Davis at 7 on 660 AM. The Answer. Hi, everyone. Tonight's the night to tune in from 9 to 10 p.m. for the Dr. Lucy Show. Shane and I will be providing you with information, perspectives, and having a great time in the process. Join in on the conversation. Go to our website at thedrlucyshow.com and give us your thoughts and comments and check us out on social media to see what we're up to. Tune in tonight at 9 p.m. for the all-new Dr. Lucy Show right here on 660 AM, The Answer. If there's one thing the conservative movement needs, it's a leader. And we have one, the Heritage Foundation. Heritage gets in the trenches on Capitol Hill. They promote principled solutions directly to lawmakers in Washington. And unlike politicians, they don't waver or compromise. But they're not a Washington institution. There are tens of thousands of Heritage members and supporters in North Texas alone. And they're on a mission to grow that number and build the conservative base. You can become a Heritage member by going to joinheritage.org today. I've been a member of Heritage myself for years. I have Heritage 
experts on my show, and I rely on their analysis to get the facts out. As a member, you'll get updates on the fight for America from Heritage President Jim DeMint, plus exclusive invitations to conservative events right here in Dallas or wherever you are in America. So join the growing movement. Find out more at joinheritage.org. That's joinheritage.org. If you've got questions, we've got answers. 660 AM, The Answer. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. We talked before the break, and I uh, really want to hit a couple more points in this story. I think it's so important because I'm constantly about the idea of defending the right idea of America, defending the greatness and goodness of America. And a core idea of America is the idea of the rule of law, that everyone is governed by the same laws and subject to the same laws, and that we apply them. We have had an era of lawlessness for eight years under President Obama, an era of lawlessness in many arenas, but right now what we're talking about is concerns immigration. And so we've had a southern border where the laws aren't enforced. We have this um, idiocy of catch and release. We catch people, they cross the border, and we say, okay, gotcha, got your name. Okay, come back for your hearing in a few weeks. And, and you can imagine, no, of course they don't come back. They're not going to come back. And so we have just utter lawlessness. And so now with President Trump saying, you know, we're actually going to have a secure border, and we're actually going to prosecute people who continually cross the border and make prosecute people who harbor them, this is being portrayed by the left as lacking compassion, and we're so cruel, when the truth is, the only way to have a safe and secure society is to have laws. Law and order is compassionate. If there are cases of police officers who actually engage in racist conduct, who actually engage in violence, unjustified violence on their job, then we in America, we investigate we prosecute. That's, that is the nature of America. That's what we do. But this notion that has taken hold in, under Black Lives Matter, that we have a nation of rogue cops, and on, on the immigration issue, that if you have the slightest desire to have a secure border, to have everyone who's in this country have a legal right to be here, that you're a racist, xenophobic hater, this is this has taken hold in the psyche of America, at least on the left, and this is a big reason why President Trump won. Because people are sick of being told that just because they want law and order, that they're mean-spirited, or they don't like people who don't look like them. I'll tell you quick stats, though, on, on President Trump. Just the mere presence of the force of President Trump, what's happened with respect to numbers. From January to February of this year, 2017, Illegal crossings along the southern border have dropped by 40%. Then, last month, this is March, there was a 72% drop compared to the same month before the president was inaugurated. Bottom line is, just like Heather McDonald points out about police presence stops crime, and a strong presence of authority in America, the American government, the president and the um, attorney general saying, you know, we're actually going to stop this. This is, you know, the border crossings drop. People respond to um, a message of law and order. That percentage, by the way, of last month, the March of last year, was the lowest monthly figure in the last 17 years. Law and order works. It makes America safer, and it makes the American people 
more responsible and more able to care for their own society because we expect to have our public schools uh, filled with people who are, for the most part, hardworking, taxpaying American citizens invested in the economy of America. So anyway, I'm, I think this thing's a huge issue. Well, I don't want to let this... Um, I want to do a cruise to the news. Uh, I had a bunch of stories. And I can't get to them all, but I want to share one just because I think in this era of the um, left just trying to hysteria mode about President Trump, trying to paint President Trump as, you know, crazy on foreign policy and hair trigger and thin skinned and, you know, overreactive and, and all the other attacks on him and, you know, attacking the um, border security as somehow a, a, a racist thing that we shouldn't be allowed to have a secure border. This is a news story I just I couldn't I just wanted to share with you. Okay, so in North Carolina, the state of North Carolina, there was a store owned by an, a Nepali Indian. I mean a a person who is a native of India who now lives in America and has a right, he's actually a legal citizen of all things, has a store in East Charlotte. So he's got this store and the store um there were the front window was broken. And the person who broke the front window uh, threw in a flaming object. Okay, so he's trying to start the store on fire. There's a note left at the scene near the door that said, the suspect, the guy, whoever this was who you know, threw the rock through the window, did not want any refugee business owners, said they would torture the owner if they didn't leave and go back to where they came from. They signed the letter, White America, and the note also made reference to President Trump as our nation builder for white America. So obviously the point of this is to paint people who support President Trump and white Americans as intolerant and not willing to accept the presence of someone from another culture. So, you know, obviously, you know, hate crime appearance. Caught the bad guy. An American, yeah, a black guy. The uh, man charged, his name is Flournoy, F L O U R N O Y. Anyway, that's the guy charged. It's just something to keep in mind when you hear all these stories is the left trying to create this, you know, hysteria that America is just, you know, so divided now and Trump's created such problems here. Um, Understand that the left goes, this guy, I mean, you know, who knows what his real motive was, but obviously he hates Trump and he wants to make America think that Trump supporters are racist. But actually, he's the one willing to destroy a business owned by a Nepali Indian American. Okay, I want to turn and talk about um, Supreme Court Justice Gorsuch for just a few minutes. I am really excited about the fact that Justice Gorsuch is actually on the Supreme Court. And the, the couple of things I wanted to mention about that, and I know we talked about this last week, and we probably talked about several other weeks, but this is going to be a left-wing mantra, is that the only way Gorsuch got on the bench in the Supreme Court was because the Republicans used the nuclear option, the supposedly nuclear option, a term that many people started to use. I just want, again, this is a time to take notes. My friends who call me and say, I take notes during your show. This is the time. Take notes. The Constitution does not require a two-thirds majority of the Senate to confirm a justice. It requires a simple majority, which means in the United States Senate, 51 votes. That's what the Constitution requires. 
the Democrats have twice changed the rules in the last, I can't do math, 14 years to get their way. The Democrats changed the rules in 2003 when they changed the simple majority required by the Constitution into a Senate rule to say that you could filibuster a nominee, and then in order to break a filibuster, you have to have a cloture vote requires 60 votes. The long and short of it was the Democrats changed the rules in 2003 to try to essentially set a 60-vote threshold to get a justice confirmed. They did this because George W. Bush was president and the Democrats wanted to filibuster his choices. This would be why they did that. Okay. So then in 2013, when President Obama was uh, president and he's nominating justices and the Republicans might use this filibuster that the Democrats put in place, all of a sudden the Democrats backtracked again to get their way and said the filibuster rule doesn't apply in the case of all justices, federal district and appellate court justices, federal and circuit court judges, doesn't apply to them. Still, they kept in place for the Supreme Court. So this is the Democrats changing rules for their benefit. So finally, what all that really happened when the Republicans had the, um, uh, had the vote on Gorsuch is we went back to the Constitution. Majority rules. We got the votes. And this, folks, is, I mean, this is not nuclear. It's not unfair. It's not unreasonable. And, in fact, there's nothing nuclear about it. But the other thing I want to tell you about Justice Gorsuch, I mean, it's a really cool time for him to be, um, to, to be there. I mean, there are big, big cases coming before them. And I just want to hit one issue in honor of Easter and Passover and these, the holy season and the Christian and, and the Jewish faiths. There's a case that really could have great impact in America with respect to religious freedom. And as you all likely know, um, the First Amendment to the United States Constitution essentially says Congress shall make no law prohibiting the free exercise of religion. Congress shall make no law prohibiting the free exercise or—I'm saying it backwards, okay—or um, they can't establish religion. Essentially, Congress cannot establish religion. And that is, you know, the First Amendment in the Constitution. It's bugging me. Okay, I'm a lawyer here. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. So here's the case. Here's the case. So in there's a sweet little Trinity Lutheran, the good Lutherans, uh, sweet little Lutheran school in Missouri that applied to get the state had decided they, they made a great use of old tires, like car tires, and, and had them all chopped up and made them into playground substance. And so this Lutheran school wanted to get access to the state distribution of this playground substance, and the state said, no, that would be establishing religion. There's a lot more of the case, but we've got to go to a break. I want to tell you that that idea that somehow a state can't even distribute tires to a Christian school cannot have, that's not respecting a rule. That's a case Gorsuch could impact. We come back, I'll finish explaining that, and then we're going to talk about the great state of Israel. There's a lot of talk today among media, in academia, in our culture, about everything that is supposedly wrong with America. Political correctness tries to dictate that we must stop thinking that America is exceptional. America's bravest have our back in the air, at sea, and on land. But who has America's back in the culture? In schools, on cable television, in newspapers? It's time to end the greatest prejudice on earth, anti-Americanism. 
And who makes the case for America? Flag does. Flag is the foundation for liberty and American greatness. Flag has America's back on the cultural battlefield. Flag is a nonprofit battle tank working to change the cultural and media narrative about America. If you think it's time to stand up for America, join the Foundation for Liberty and American Greatness. Your support of Flag is an investment in the America your children will inherit. Visit their website at flagusa.org and consider donating. All donations are 100% tax deductible. That's flagusa.org. Texans have a long tradition of independence, and we don't like being told what to do, especially by liberal bureaucrats 1,000 miles away. That's why for 30 years, the Dallas-based Institute for Policy Innovation has fought Washington's efforts to take more of your money and freedom. IPI works every day to keep taxes low and freedom high, to promote free market health care, expand energy security, protect intellectual property, and combat onerous regulations that destroy American jobs. Politicians often talk smaller government, but then vote for more of it. By contrast, IPI has never veered from its mission to defend the Constitution and fight for freedom. If you want to be informed about free market policies and solutions, go to IPI's website and sign up. All of their information is free for sharing. Help IPI restore liberty and economic growth. Go to IPI.org today. That's IPI.org. One more time, go to IPI.org today. On August 2nd, 2006, Debbie Lee was notified that her son, Mark Allen Lee, had been killed, becoming the first Navy SEAL to lose his life in Iraq. She had no choice about the news that was given to her, but she did have a choice how she responded. In response to her son's amazing last letter, she founded America's Mighty Warriors to honor the sacrifices of our troops, the fallen, and their families by providing programs that improve quality of life, resiliency, and recovery. Whether America's Mighty Warriors is hosting retreats for families of the fallen, helping heroes heal who are struggling with traumatic brain injury or post-traumatic stress disorder, providing relaxation at the Heroes Hope Home, stepping in when an injustice is committed, or doing random acts of kindness. As Mark mentioned in his letter, they know the price of freedom and who pays it. Our troops and families of the fallen need your support. Visit americasmightywarriors.org today to learn more. That's americasmightywarriors.org. America guarantees each eligible adult citizen the right to vote. The Public Interest Legal Foundation, a 501c3 public interest law firm, is dedicated entirely to election integrity, to assuring that voter rolls include names of only citizens eligible to vote, and that protections are in place to prevent voter fraud of all kinds. The Public Interest Legal Foundation discovered that more than 1,000 non-citizens enrolled to vote in Virginia in just eight counties, and in Philadelphia, felons as well as non-citizens are on the voter rolls. Non-citizens have been registering to vote and voting. The Public Interest Legal Foundation is fighting nationwide and in Texas to ensure that only Americans pick American leaders. We are actively litigating high-impact cases to clean up voter rolls and protect the ballot box. If you do not want your vote canceled out, visit publicinterestlegal.org to join us in the fight to restore integrity to American elections. Protect your vote. Visit publicinterestlegal.org today. 660 AM, The Answer. And welcome back to American Community Talk. You know, we we're talking about Justice Gorsuch, and he is now actually a member of the United States Supreme Court. And, you know, in addition to getting really clear on the fact that he, we didn't cheat to get there, 
We actually follow the Constitution. The other thing to realize is how important his presence may be long-term in America. And I'm just going to pick one issue, which is religious freedom. And, you know, I remember these cases from law school. I actually went to, I'll say I went to law school in Washington, D.C. at Georgetown. I, I love Washington. I love the Supreme Court. I love the honest-to-goodness majesty of the legal system created by our founders. I love the notion of a judiciary with a particular role and not going outside of that role, which it has done in a great degree in recent years. I, I love the, the whole notion of the law being impartial, being a rule of law, the same law applies to everyone. We've had in America a real tainting of the right idea of the First Amendment. And that's why I wanted to hit Gorsuch just a little bit more to talk about how, how much this could change America. Again, the First Amendment to the Constitution is just the part that's relevant here. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. What the American left has accomplished is convincing Americans that any tangential connection between anything the government does and any religion constitutes an establishment of religion. What this amendment meant is meant to be, what it means is simply Congress, you know, early on America's founding, because so many people were used to historically having a religion, being a religion of a country, having the government embrace the religion and, and enforce it. They were trying to say, you can't make a law in Congress or at any state level saying our state shall hereby deemed be Lutheran or Catholic or Baptist. You can't establish a religion as an official state religion. What the left has done, especially over the last 60 years, is contort that into the idea there can be no friendliness of any kind between the government and religion. No indulgence of it. It's gone so far in the wrong direction. So back to this case that will that um, still the court has not, as of time of doing this show, has not agreed uh, to hear this case. But this Trinity Lutheran Church of Columbia, Missouri um, versus Comer, the basic issue is, there's two things about it. The basic issue is, would it be a violation of the, would it constitute an establishment of religion for the state of Missouri to let Trinity Lutheran School purchase this playground substance made of old tires, you know, in the same way that a public school can purchase this? I mean, you see how silly that is? There's no religious content to the tires. There's no religious content to the playground. This is just a, a an ironclad wall of separation, which which I know I've said before, but let me say it again, is not in the Constitution. It does not say there shall be a wall of separation between church and state. That's not in the Constitution. It's not in the Federalist Papers. It's not in the founding documents. It's a term taken from a letter written decades later. Okay, but back to this case. The reason this case is very interesting is because Missouri adopted something which is called the Blaine, B-L-A-I-N-E, Blaine Amendment. That name comes from actually a member, a former Speaker of the U.S. House from Maine in 1875. He tried to say we ought to have a constitutional amendment stipulating no money raised by taxation in any state for the support of public schools or derived from any public fund thereto 
blah, blah, blah. No money so raised um, or land so devoted can be divided between religious sects or denominations and shall never be under the control of any religious sect. He was trying to say no tax money of any kind, no public land can ever be used by anything religious. And honestly, at this time with this guy, why he wanted that so badly was the rise of anti-Catholic discrimination and the concern about Catholic schools. So even though Blaine's Amendment failed at the federal level, there were unfortunately states that embraced this Blaine Amendment. 37 states now have it, including Missouri. So this is a real great opportunity for the um, Supreme Court to spell out more clearly some line, some standard that can say, okay, it's all right for states to use taxpayer dollars to let people buy playground equipment. I realize it invites a whole new set of cases, but the line is, it's number one, unjustified by the Constitution. But more importantly, this interpretation of the First Amendment is consistent with the left-wing view of America and the world, which is profoundly anti-Christian. The left-wing view of America, the left-wing, the Democrat Party leadership is profoundly anti-Christian, anti-religious. And this is why it would be so great to have the Supreme Court introduce more reason into the First Amendment jurisprudence. Okay, I want to be sure and hit that because, of course, there are many, many other cases. We'll talk about them over the weeks and months and years, but many more cases that could be of great import. Gorsuch just has a chance. And there's another case, actually, that could come up which, again, we don't know if it's going to, could come up. In fact, I think actually the Trinity Lutheran case is going to be heard next month. The other case that may come up relates to a um, a uh, wedding cake maker in some place in the West who declined to make a wedding cake for a same-sex wedding because it was inconsistent with his Christian religious beliefs, and he was prosecuted and punished. And so that case, uh, they're hoping that the uh, Supreme Court will grant cert certiorari and take the case and resolve it with, with Gorsuch sitting on the court. So, okay, so Gorsuch matters. It's exciting. Okay, I want to turn this last, um, you know, we have less than half an hour left. But anyway, I said in the beginning that I thought it was important to look at the context of America and, and the choices Trump has, in part by looking at the America and the foreign policy left to us by his predecessor, President Obama. President Obama could not have been um, more obstreperously unfriendly to Israel, even though he would often mouth the words, oh, yeah, it's our greatest ally, blah, blah. But the Obama legacy with Israel includes sending over a very liberal ambassador, uh, a very left-wing ambassador who is Jewish, but otherwise very much a leftist, very much opposed to the conservative majority of Israel, very quick to criticize Israel— the Obama administration emboldened, armed, and funded Iran, who continues to say to this day Israel has no right to exist and, and lives to destroy Israel. Um, Obama's White House permitted the abstention at the United Nations vote for the first time that should uh, normally in the past has always protected Israel. The U.S. abstained from, from supporting Israel at the, United, at the Security Council, so it led to a decision by the Security Council anti-Israel. Um, Obama continued to call for a two-state solution, which everyone who loves Israel realizes you can't have. There's not going to be a two-state solution until the Palestinians agree that Israel has a right to exist. And Obama spent taxpayer dollars sending people over to Israel to fight against Benjamin Netanyahu's re-election as prime minister in 2015. 
So Obama set the table, very rotten relations with Israel. But what I want to talk about when we come back from the break, I want to share a little bit more about our recent trip to Israel. And my husband and I had the astounding opportunity to meet and talk with, and I've since interviewed a man named Maurice Hirsch. He's lieutenant colonel in the reserves. He's a former chief military prosecutor for terrorism in Judea and Samaria. This guy has lived within Israel uh, and lived in the um, atmosphere of tension that is kind of a permanent thing in Israel, but has been a prosecutor in Judea and Samaria, or what the lefties try to call the West Bank. Um, and they, they call it the West Bank because that conjures up, you know, the, the evil Israelis building houses in the West Bank. I'm going to talk to you more about what the West Bank's really like, because we went out there twice and visited different families and had dinner, walked around those communities. And I want to talk about what is really happening over uh, in Israel. And partly I'll do this tonight to honor Passover, to honor the um, American ally Israel, and to honor this man, Maurice Hirsch, whose uh, resume uh, is just astounding. But, you know, quickly, he was born in South Africa. He's got a thick British accent. He went to school in the United Kingdom, and then he emigrated to Israel. Um, he served in various uh capacities as a lawyer in the, in the Israeli military, military advocate, general corps, assistant to legal advisor, Judea and Samaria. Um, but he ended up um, working for the IDF and retiring from the IDF as lieutenant colonel after having served as head of the military prosecution for Judea and Samaria. The reason that all this matters is this. Israel is, is in a position right now that the Palestinian Authority has as its president Mahmoud Abbas, and has as next in line an actual sworn Hamas terrorist who will become president of the Palestinian Authority if Mahmoud Abbas, who's in his mid-80s and not well, if he passes on. And so we're going to talk about the precarious situation Israel's in as we, America, look to supporting our ally over there, understanding the players questioning how friendly we should be toward the Palestinian Authority. There just is a, um, it's impossible to overstate how precarious Israel's situation is related to the Palestinians and how important it is that America understand our job as Israel's ally is to stand up for Israel's safety and security. Debbie Georgias, American Can We Talk, come right back. On August 2nd, 2006, Debbie Lee was notified that her son, Mark Allen Lee, had been killed becoming the first Navy SEAL to lose his life in Iraq. She had no choice about the news that was given to her, but she did have a choice how she responded. In response to her son's amazing last letter, she founded America's Mighty Warriors to honor the sacrifices of our troops, the fallen, and their families by providing programs that improve quality of life, resiliency, and recovery. Whether America's Mighty Warriors is hosting retreats for families of the fallen, helping heroes heal who are struggling with traumatic brain injury or post-traumatic stress disorder, providing relaxation at the Heroes Hope Home, stepping in when an injustice is committed, or doing random acts of kindness. As Mark mentioned in his letter, they know the price of freedom and who pays it. Our troops and families of the fallen need your support. Visit americasmightywarriors.org today to learn more. That's americasmightywarriors.org. Hi, this is Debbie Georgiatis. On my radio show, we have the theme music by Krista Branch that has the refrain, I am America. I chose it because it summarizes what I think is a really important truth about America. We the people are America. 
We the people are blessed with extraordinary power in our country, and we have to use that power to keep America strong and free for everyone. And how do we do that? We have the responsibility to understand the issues facing our country, to get beyond soundbite and slogan politics. We have the responsibility when politicians propose solutions to understand, will those solutions preserve American-style freedom or slowly, incrementally destroy it? We have to vote once we are informed about the issues. But even more so, we have to speak up to our friends, our family members, to speak up in our daily life about the reality that we each have a responsibility and privilege to defend American-style freedom. This is Debbie Georgiatis on America Can We Talk. John David that's the kind of debate that we used to have where people disagree and people have an opportunity to put their side of a question out there and the other side of the question gets put out there and people discuss the relative merits of it while listening to each other. There's so much fear in politics. And as long as there's that kind of fear, we may not be able to have the kind of debate necessary to be able to move this country forward because that's what this is all about. John David Wells, weeknights at 8 on 660 AM. The Answer. The National Center for Policy Analysis brings together the best and brightest minds to tackle the country's most difficult public policy problems in healthcare, taxes, retirement, education, energy, and now national security. The NCPA works to develop and promote private free market alternatives to government regulation and control, solving problems by relying on the strength of competition in the private sector. As America's think tank, the NCPA wants to make sure you have access to simple, clear solutions to the issues that matter to you. Come get to know the NCPA at one of their events and join the conversation by following them on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. To get policy solutions delivered straight to your inbox, sign up for the NCPA free email newsletter or subscribe to one of their policy blogs. To get involved with America's Think Tank, go online today to ncpa.org. The NCPA would love your support and you'll love being part of the solutions to America's challenges. So go to ncpa.org. That's ncpa.org. An economic boom is coming. Don't let your business get left behind. If you need to build, call General Steel today. Steel prices are expected to rise, but you can still lock in your price on a General Steel building. You can still get an 80-foot by 150-foot building for under 99000 That's right, 12,000 square feet for under 99000 Don't let rising steel prices put your project out of reach. Call 877-47-STEEL. 877-47-STEEL. That's 877-477-8335. 660 AM, The Answer. 660 AM, The And welcome back to America Can We Talk. As always, the fastest two hours of my week, funnest two hours of my week. I want to give thanks, great thanks to the sponsor of our show. America Can We Talk is sponsored by GC Works, which is a Dallas-based company that performs research in advanced technology and delivers innovative approaches to the oil and gas industry. Could not do this show without them, so very, very grateful for their sponsoring of this show. Okay, in this last segment, I want to talk about Israel. America's, you know... Uh, should be and and has historically been our top ally in the Middle East. And uh, what we so when we were in Israel, I'll tell you, we we had a fabulous trip. My husband's business partner is Israeli. We went over there uh, and just great relationship with him. He respects our Christian faith. We we have wonderful conversations about all sorts of deep things about God and life. But anyway, so we're over in Israel, and um, one thing that happened was the. Um, one of the gentlemen my husband worked with uh, said to him, asked us, what are you going to do for um, Sabbath, you know, the Shabbat? 
which is the, the, how they say Sabbath. And so they have Friday night dinner is a big deal um, in, in the Shabbat. And, and uh, Eric, my husband said, well, we're just, you know, we're in a hotel. We, we'll find something in the hotel. And he said, no, no, come on over to our house for Shabbat. So we went to this um, Israeli family's home, this Jewish Israeli family's home uh, for Shabbat. And we, you know, well, I've been to one of the dinner like this. We had a fabulous evening and um, enjoyed, um, you know, respecting their um, their Shabbat and enjoyed the dinner. We had a really, really lively conversation. And this friend of my husband's said to me, because we were talking about this radio show, I told him about the radio show. He said, oh, you've got to meet Maurice Hirsch. And, you know, he's a friend of mine. He's just full of stories. He is the one who's, um, you know, he's been chief prosecutor for terrorism in Judea and Samaria uh, on behalf of the IDF. And because of the unique situation in the West Bank, the IDF is the prosecutor of terrorism in Judea and Samaria. And so we end up meeting him. Fabulous guy. You know, just just a just a energetic and and, uh, extremely well educated man. Uh, And then I interviewed him. I want to share some of what he had to say about the situation in um, Israel right now and how precarious their security really is, given the makeup of. And what I first to tell you with this first segment, I was trying to get him to talk about the difference between the Palestinian Authority which is the modern version of, used to be the PLO under Yasser Arafat. They got a new name, Palestinian Authority. They are the lesser of the two evils of the aggressive Palestinians. And then versus Hamas. So the first thing I asked him was what Hamas is. Here we go. Okay, so the Hamas. The Hamas is a, fundamental, uh, a fundamentalist Islamic organization. Um, they don't believe in anyone's right to live unless they are uh, believing Muslims. Um, and everyone is included in that, not just the Jews. Um, and they are a terrorist organization. They use any means possible to further their goals. As I mentioned, he speaks quickly and he has a British accent. He is he's a wonderful guy. But to be clear, Hamas, we've all have heard the name, but Hamas is a terrorist organization, as he was saying, simply believes they have the right to kill anyone who does not embrace Islam. That's what they believe, and they do it. They are terrorists who kill people simply for not being Muslim, especially the Jewish people. So Hamas's presence in Israeli politics and Hamas's presence in the Palestinian areas, which, to be very clear, Gaza Strip, along the west of Israel, Israel just stays completely out of Gaza Strip, is run by a Palestinian authority, and then the eastern side of Israel— is the area called the West Bank, because it's the West Bank of the Jordan River, contains what we call in the Bible Judea and Samaria. So I asked him next to explain what the concern is about the 2006 elections in the Palestinian Authority. The last, in the last elections that were held in the Palestinian Authority um, in 2006, they actually won the majority of votes of the popular vote, a democratic election of the, the, the people of, 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 of the Palestinian Authority, the Hamas, party won the majority vote, which means that in the absence of another election where another party, let's call it the, the, the lesser of the two evils, wins the elections, the next leader of the Palestinian Authority, this, this, this group that we made, that we signed the peace agreements with, is going to be a member of Hamas. Okay. And, you know, I'll tell you, he, he made a point, which I I'm actually lost track of my clips here, but I think the next clip... He talks about, I was saying that has to be so alarming. First of all, I want to remind everyone listening how tiny Israel is. I mean, geographically tiny. And so large segments of Gaza is the little portion. That's, you know, gone. Palestinians have that. 
the West Bank, which I want to describe in a moment because you went there for dinner a couple nights, but the West Bank is, you know, if that were entirely controlled by Palestinians, would leave Israel defenseless, unable to have a, a secure country. And so what he's saying is they had these elections in 2006. Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas is still president. But because the, in 2006, the Palestinians who can vote chose a Hamas person as their choice, that person, that, that person became the president of the Palestinian parliament and the next in line for president. And that is the danger they face. We're going to hit with the next clip here. And that's the organization that is potentially going to be the next leader, the next head of the Palestinian Authority. That gives them control over the Palestinian police force, which is really a Palestinian army, which is, which is funded and, 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 and carries tremendous amounts of weapons, which will now come under the command and, and discretion of, 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 of a terrorist group. You know, and so, I mean, it's, it's so hard to picture all of this. I mean, and I, I, he makes an analogy next. I was just talking about it. It's so hard to picture the fear you must live under because once Hamas runs the Palestinian areas of Israel, if you think they live in daily danger already, and you're right, they do, it is magnified. Just think of this. Gaza, run by the Palestinians, and is just completely, you know, the Israelis are out of there entirely. It is with regularity, new attacks start, new missiles get fired, new, and new attacks happen. The Palestinian Authority is only—it's the lesser of two evils over Hamas, but it's not that great. And so I was asking him about how it feels to live in fear over there, and here's his last thing I want to play that he had to say. Osama bin Laden taking over Canada. Oh, that is such a good analogy. That is, that, I wish I thought is. of that. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. like—go <laughs> ahead. The, 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 that's exactly the situation that you have, where you're living uh, under constant threat, where the Hamas rules, the Hamas rules entirely in the Gaza Strip um, after they ousted the, 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 the PLO members, right. sometimes throwing off them off the roofs of buildings. Um, and you see that every, every, every short period, they shoot missiles in, 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 into Israel, indiscriminate missile fire into the civilian population. That's what they do. And were they to take control of Judea and Samaria, um, the consequences could possibly be disastrous. Okay, simply amazing. I'd asked him, I guess I didn't cut the clip quite right. I, I said, it's hard for America to envision. And he jumped in and said, it's like Osama bin Laden being in charge of Canada. How we would feel if the country right next to us with a long contiguous border was run by someone who simply wants to destroy America. And so we know how we'd feel about that. Wouldn't even like, you know, Cuba being as close as they are, although they're pretty helpless. But this idea that we that Israel lives with this threat that Mahmoud Abbas in his 80s, not well, kind of feeble. And he's coming to America, by the way, he's coming to talk to meet with Trump sometime soon. So we got to be we'll, we'll be sure and cover that when he does. But, you know, Israel is supposed to be and, and is our not only are just our most important military ally, but they are like our. Western civilization ally in the Middle East, unlike all the company, countries governed by Islam, 
all these countries that have Sharia woven into their um, societies in some degree or other, all these majority Muslim countries who have some portion of their population who are either jihadists or friendly to the jihadists, certainly not opposed to the jihadists, Israel is like our Western civilization ally. And so I, I think it's important. I, I love, first of all, honoring Israel. I love Israel. I, I loved our visit there. Well, my husband goes a lot because of his business deals. And um, I hope to get to go again. And um, But I, I want to mention a couple of things. First of all, while we were there, and I may have mentioned this in a previous show, but I just have to tell you. So my husband's business partner and his wife have a home in um, one area of Judea and Samaria. And then uh, his son, our, my husband's partner's adult son and his wife and kids live in a different area within the West Bank or Judea and Samaria. We spent one evening each of their two homes. And these are like suburbs of Plano. These are lovely, Western, civilized. The one area, they were saying they never lock their doors, not even at night. Nothing, because the neighborhood is all Jewish. They all look out for each other. And this is a security, America. Um, you know, this is the kind of security that you'd like to have here. We don't really have it here. And the Israelis have created these safe little communities. There is not, if you stand in their backyard and look out, you can't see anything but wilderness for miles. They're not in anybody's way. But these are people that if the Palestinian Authority had their way, they would kick all of the Jews out of all the Western Bank, even though the Jews aren't interfering with them at all. They are living these peaceful, harmonious lives. And I, I just I can't say strong enough. I just hope America and President Trump can be supportive of Israel um, as they need to be. I do want to throw we only have two minutes left here. OK, he's signaling me here. Two minutes left. There was one. I mean, and, and I am always willing to um, speak the truth about any candidate or any you know elected official. I am not that excited right now about the fact that President Trump permitted a convicted Palestinian terrorist in violation of federal law, a conviction, convicted Palestinian terrorist to come to America recently. His name is Jibril Hajoub. He's secretary of the Fatah Central Committee, um, and he came to America to be part of some anti-Jewish meeting. And many people weighed in with the, the State Department and the president said, don't let this guy come. Federal law says he's a convicted terrorist. He's actually killed innocent people. He originally got a sentence for life, and of course they didn't keep him in for life. He got out in a prisoner exchange. And so we need to be careful sending any signal to the, the uh, terrorists of the world, to Hamas, to the Palestinian Authority, that we in America in any way, in any way, embrace or support Palestinian terrorism, Islamic terrorism. And I think this was probably a first mistake of President Trump foreign policy-wise. I'm sorry that they let this guy come here because it sent a signal, again, that just like Obama sent signals that didn't end up being helpful, that maybe we're okay, we're friendly with Palestinian Authority, we can't get there. Okay, I'm out of time. I want to thank you for tuning in. Again, I hope all of you had a blessed and wonderful Easter season, uh, Easter weekend, and I and all of you celebrating Passover. Enjoy your celebration of Passover. Come back every week to America Can We Talk, where we talk truth about America and why it matters to you. Thank you for listening to America Can We Talk with Debbie Georgiatis. To learn more or to contact Debbie, go to americacanwetalk.org. America Can We Talk, truth about America. This is